friends, let's get settled. I know that there have been a lot of donuts had today, so we're, we're kicking sugar in a different kind of way. That's a good thing. Uh, there are new sheets, so if you haven't gotten yourself a new sheet, you'll want one. You'll also need a Bible, so if you didn't bring one, they're here for you. There's plenty. Feel free to grab a Bible as well. Sneaking in the back door, that's fantastic. At least not out the back door, so that's good. Well, let's do this. As we get started this morning, let's, uh, let's pray. Right. Good Father, as we enter into prayer this morning, we pause to be still. We pause to breathe slowly. We pause to recenter our scattered senses upon your presence. Good and gracious Father, we are thankful for the opportunity to once again press into pace and rhythm and tempo, to honestly assess those things in our own life, and then to be yoked to Jesus so that He might set the pace and the rhythm and the tempo. And so, Father, this morning as we begin to turn the corner into practices specifically into the practice of silence and solitude, we, we admit, good Father, that the world is noisy. We admit that our own minds and hearts are noisy. Father, we know that you speak. And so give us, give us your Holy Spirit so that we can slow down and pace life in a way that the noise can be faded into the background and that we could hear the sweet voice of our Father. So Father, we pray for blessing this morning as we continue to press into what is and what could be and what will be. Father, this we ask in the powerful and the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, as we pray, just as a bit of a reminder, right, we're sort of on this journey, ultimately, of what is and what could be and what will be. The goal, the goal of this study is not specifically just to know more content, although that content matters. It's not just to know more biblical narrative, although that matters too. It's not just to know what Jesus knows, but it is to do what Jesus did. 
as we said at the beginning, in order, in order to really put into practice new habits, that, that takes work. And part of that work is, quite honestly, a very simple journey. It's the one that's on the board, right? It is a, an assessment of our life, what is going on in it, uh, what's good about it, what's healthy about it. On the other hand, it is also an honest look that says what's not good about it, what's not healthy about it. And to just be really honest about those things. And then to allow, to allow the scriptures, those narrative scriptures, to allow, right, this work around a table and the community of faith around a table, to allow us to envision perhaps what could be. What could be if we began to let Jesus set the tempo and the pace and the rhythm of our life? If we actually engaged in the practices that Jesus practiced, we begin to imagine what could be with our lives in those moments. And then finally, as we put those things into practice, uh, we, we sort of come to the, to the reality of what will be, right, as those practices uh, get put into, ingrained into our ethos. And this morning, we're going to look at the first practice of Jesus, which is silence and solitude. And so around the table, just to get started this morning, really a question to begin, right, you're just going to share around the table, uh, do you like being alone, Yes or no, right? And then why or why not? I suspect that for some of you, you're like, yes, it's a dream. Like, I, I love those moments when nobody is talking to me, when I'm all by myself. Others of you are starting to twitch, right? So let's, let's just be honest about it. Do you like being alone? Uh, why or why not? And how would you feel about being alone and quiet, right? So, so no phone in the background, no music, no TV, no background noise, right? Just Alone and silence, those two things together. So we're going to take six or seven minutes around the table just to share that, okay, get at the whys, and then we'll come back together. Ready? Go. All right, friends, come on back. Some of you are sitting in silence. Well done. Kind of. Come on back. All right, extroverts, come on. All you noise people, uh, just by show of hands, uh, how many of you struggle to be alone? Just by show of hands, honestly, yeah? You want people, okay, just alone, right? Um, how many of you don't, it doesn't bother you to be alone at all? Excellent. How many of you struggle with silence? Okay. So, so there's, interest, there's something interesting here just by, again, just show of hands, right, just the straw polls, it's that lots of us, interestingly, lots of us don't mind being alone, but alone and silent is a different thing. So some of us like to be alone with the TV on in the background, <clears throat> right, so we're kept company by somebody else, or whoever it is, or whatever it is, right, or it's a podcast in the background, right, something in my ears. So lots of us are okay being alone, uh, but the question is really... Uh, one of silence. Uh, we're going to get into uh, John Mark Comer's video here in just a second. And there are, there are several things that I want us to pay attention to uh, when we look at this video. And they're here for you, right? Uh, the first one is, according to John Mark, what is the difference between isolation and solitude? And that distinction really matters, right? The difference between isolation and solitude. So he'll talk about that. He's also going to point out why, why Jesus withdrew to quiet places, 
Again, we're trying to pattern our own practices after the practices of Jesus. And so why did Jesus withdraw to quiet places? And then finally, in what ways does our Western world deepen our need for both silence and solitude? See, friends, I, th- I, think living, I think living an unhurried lifestyle is more than taking a break from physical work or busyness. It is also, it is also about quieting the world around us and, and quieting our minds. Now, for some, it's easier, it's easier to actually quiet the external noise of our life than it is to quiet the internal noise of our life. Uh, but, but actually, that silence in the practice of Jesus is, is both of those, an external silence and an internal silence. And how do I quiet the minds? And why would it matter, actually, to quiet the mind? Well, Paul, Paul in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, uh, he says this. He says, do not be conformed to the world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. In other words, we are being discipled all the time. We're being discipled all the time. Things are shaping us and molding us all the time. And Paul is suggesting that the world is one of the things that is shaping and molding us. And I would argue that the noise of the world, the noise of the world, is actually discipling our minds. So Paul is saying, don't be conformed to that, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? By the renewal of your mind. He goes on to say, so that by testing, you can discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. In other words, without a renewing of your mind, it's it's not possible, according to Paul, to discern God's will. So if we're being discipled by the noise of the world, the call towards silence, not only externally but internally as well, is a call to let God realign our minds so that we can know his will. All right, let's get into some of what uh, John has to say. All right, what I'd love for you to do is just around your table for the next like minute and a half or two is just share something that stood out for you in the video we just watched. Maybe it was a quote that he said or something that he said or we just touch it, whatever that is. Just quickly around the table, what stood out for you? And then we'll dive into these texts, all right? Go. All right, come on back. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I know, I cut you loose. Uh, what, what I would love to hear, what I would love to hear is just a couple of things that were shared around the table. Uh, what stood out for you? Just, just briefly, like what, what stood out for you for the whole room here? Anybody want to share? There was an audible gasp when he quotes Mother Teresa in the Dan Rather 60 Minutes moment. I was just standing over there and you just hear, oh. So that was touching, right? That was good. Other things that stood out, Jim? I like when Jesus goes to a quiet place and pray. I think that gives 
Yeah, so, so Jim's just noting out that uh, loves this perspective that Jesus goes out to pray, really to be filled, right, for the, for the sake of the work that he has to do. And John Mark, I think, does a really nice job of sort of saying, you know, we, we, we often throw our busyness in the way of those things. As considered saying, like, the busier I get, the more I actually need that silence and that solitude, right, for the sake of, right, for the sake of ministry and mission. I mean, Jesus was a busy person, right? He had a full schedule. Uh, but in, or, in order, right, for, in order to do that mission and that ministry, uh, he needed those times away, right, for that refilling. Good. Anything else? Yeah, Lloyd. Well, the word wilderness, talking about that here. Yeah. Is it a physical desert or is it a mental place to go? Solitude. He used the word aromos. Yep. That meant not a physical desert, but it's just a place of loneliness. Frank pointed out in Israel, you can tell him, walk out of the big city and be in the desert. <laughs> right. So I, I guess it could be either one or both. Yeah, so, so Lloyd's just talking about the word aremos, the Greek word that is often translated wilderness or desert. I think what, I think what Pastor Comer was saying is that it's, it's a hard word to translate. There's not, a, there's not kind of a direct equivalent. We often say wilderness, sometimes we'll say desert. So when Jesus was led into the desert to be tempted by, uh, by Satan, right, that's aremos, same word. But, but the thing here is really interesting. Frank's right. Like, uh, there, is, there is a physical lonely place. Like you step outside of the city, right, and you're in the wilderness. And so Jesus, particularly Hebrews in the ancient Near East, right, they're, they're using concrete things. Right? So when he talks about the wilderness, it is, I think, both things, Lloyd. So I don't think it's only, right, I don't think it's only a desert. It is also, I think, and this is the kicker, is it is this place, this lonely place that helps to actually quiet the things that are happening internally for us. It is sort of both of those simultaneously. Yeah, Mike. Um, I've also heard that all the healing that Jesus did took energy out of him, huh. spiritual energy. Because every time he healed somebody, this or cast a demon out, this was took energy. So he needed time to go away and basically refresh, recharge his batteries. He- yeah, so Mike's just saying, he's heard, right, that uh, every time he does a healing or he casts out demons, that, that energy is depleted. Like any, like any human that works, there, there is that level of sort of depletion. And so that time away, right, is a place of refreshment. Exactly right. Yeah, Karen. Yeah, so, yes, preach, yes. Thank you, Jesus. So we're on the room. No, so, so Karen, Karen's just saying, like, it is actually easy, and we said this at the beginning, it is, it is actually easy for lots of people to go to a quiet place, right? To go to, quote, an Aramos, right? They can go to a desert or a wilderness or a, a lonely or a desolate place, a, a quiet place. But what Karen's saying is it's, it's actually much more difficult, right, to quiet the mind, to turn off the internal noise. And we're going to get at that when we start unpacking these scriptures a little bit, uh, because I, I think underlying that constant turn of the mind is something much deeper. It's not just that I can't turn my mind off, but there's something that's undergirding kind of that busyness of mind, and we'll get to that, I promise. Uh, one, of the, one of the questions that we, we had before viewing 
uh, was in what ways does our Western world deepen our need for silence and solitude? I think, I think we can agree in the room that the Western world is only getting louder. Well, it's, only, it's only getting louder. There's, there's more and more distractions, more and more sort of noises, right? More and more voices. It's just, it's just getting louder. I remember uh, the, first, the first call uh, that we were in, Aaron and I, um, we were in downtown Houston, and we, we, owned, a, uh, we owned a townhouse downtown. And uh, as you can imagine, like any urban uh, city, it's noisy. Like all hours of the day, there was a bus line literally like 20 feet outside of our front door, right? The bus is just going. Uh, and one of, the, one of the largest sort of tra- trauma hospitals was like six blocks from us, right? And so it was just noisy, like it was just all, all time noisy. And what's interesting is, <clears throat> is when Aaron and I moved from downtown Houston out to the suburbs of Houston, we had a really hard time sleeping in the suburbs. Why? Now, isn't that weird? It was too quiet. Like, li- literally, there was no bus, right? There's no ambulance. I mean, we, we were in sort of a, a quiet neighborhood. We're sitting in the back of this little kind of village in the back. And it was, it was too quiet. What that says to me today is that we were discipled by the noise. Right? We, we got used to the noise. We were discipled by it. Our life was shaped by it. We, we, we slept by it. And when we got to a place where actually it was quiet, that was really hard. It was really difficult to sleep. And so why, it's interesting, why, why do we need more of the silence and solitude? It's like, I think, I think the noise is only getting louder. It's only getting louder, both externally and, for lots of us, internally. Here's what I want us to do. I want us to look at a few questions here. You're going to have to do, just do a little bit of assessment. Remember, this is kind of what is. I'm going to take just a couple of minutes here. Uh, what priorities keep you too busy to practice silence and solitude? I don't want you to think about this too long, right? I don't want you to sort of like overanalyze it. What, just what things keep you too busy from silence and solitude? Like just scratch some things down. What, what comes immediately off the mind and the heart? Don't, don't think about it too long. Just what priorities keep you too busy to practice silence and solitude? Just briefly jot a few things there. And then the next question, again, we're just going to go in briefly, just quick assessment. Uh, John Mark explains that there are two kinds of silence, internal and external. We've been talking about those things, right? External silence is the absence of noise, so the things that are coming from outside of us in. No music, I thought roommates, right? That was great. No roommates, no TV in the background. So again, for you, just quickly, first comes to mind, what do you think makes external silence for you hard to find? Again, don't think about it too much, just what's there. All right, then again, here's the next question. Again, we're just, we're just quick assessment. Don't want you to think about these things too, too, too deeply yet. What noise in your life makes it difficult to focus? A slight change in the question. What noise in your life makes it difficult 
to focus? And how does a lack of focus affect your time with God? There's a number of people in the productivity world, business world, who are arguing that the problem in today's kind of world is not a lack of time, but a lack of focus. We don't know how to focus on a thing anymore. And so, again, what noise in life makes it difficult to focus, to keep kind of our mind and our heart on a thing? Then again, briefly, again, we're just, we're just trying to get a few things on the paper here. What could it look like for you to limit things like TV and social media when you have downtime? Some of you are like, don't have a problem with it. Others, right, we need to go to a group at night. Like, that's, that's how it works. And what could it look like for you to limit things like TV and social media when you have downtime? And then lastly, again, I know I'm going quickly, and that's on purpose. Lastly, what are some other ways you could turn down the noise in your life? We're thinking external primarily. And what specific effects would silence have on your prayers, meditation, or ability to hear God's voice? All right, now we're going to take some time around the table to share some of the things you've got. Now, here, here's, the, here's the thing. I asked in week one that you sit at the same table as much as possible. Right? I get that we kind of in and out depending on the week, but as much as possible at the same table. And here's why. Uh, because you have an opportunity to be on this journey together with the people around your table. And sometimes answering these questions in earnest uh, takes a certain level of vulnerability, and if, if every week we were changing people, it's hard to get to that vulnerability again quickly. And so that, that's part of the reason I want you at tables with the same people, so that you can just share what's really on your heart. So this, this is an opportunity, just, just to be honest, about what is, right? We're just, taking, we're just taking a picture of what is as we think about external silence. We think about all the inputs that are coming in, all right? We're going to take probably the next seven, eight minutes just to share those things around the table, all right? Go. All right, your time is up, friends. I suspect uh, lots of good conversation. Again, just an opportunity with a community of people to be on this journey together, to know that nobody's arrived, right? We're all still figuring it out, me included. Like, we're, we're in process together. I do want to draw our attention this morning uh, as kind of the last parting word to that text that uh, John Mark talked about. That's Mark chapter 1. Uh, Mark chapter 1. Verse 
I want us to come to this text just briefly, because I think hearing it again would be good for us. Mark 1, starting at verse 29. Mark 1, 29. Well, Mark records this, and immediately he left the synagogue, he enters the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came and he took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her and she began to serve them. And that evening at sundown they brought to him all who were sick and oppressed by demons, and the whole city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. What I appreciate about this is just, just a picture into the uh, fairly full evening that Jesus had. Right? doing lots of things. <laughs> and then verse 35, and rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and he went out to, this is that Aramos word, to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Friends, what I'd love for you to do as we get into next week is to spend a little bit more time with this text. So, over the course of the week, to just press into this text, but also to press into Matthew chapter 6. It's on this sheet, so if you take the sheet with you, it's there. It's Matthew 6, verse 25 through 34. It's Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 34. I want you to spend time, I want you to spend time with those two texts. Uh, don't rush through them, read them. I also, I also want to challenge you, as Pastor Comer said, to just start where you are this week. Let's just give it a trial run, right? to find some time each day to just sit and be silent. I guess you could stand and be silent, you could walk and be silent, but find a place of solitude and silence. And friends, if that's two minutes, let's consider that a win. If you want to bite off, like, I'm going for an hour, it's going to be amazing, like, go with God. Like, that's great for you, right? For most of us, like, let's just, let's just do two or four or five, whatever it is, whether it's the beginning of the day or the afternoon or the evening, let's just give it a trial run, and we'll talk about it when we come back together next week, all right? All right, let me pray for us, and then send us on our way or to worship. Good and gracious Father, we thank you for the opportunity to learn from the life of Jesus to learn the practices that he engaged in, to see him very early in the morning withdraw to a, to a solitary place, to quiet. So Father, by your Holy Spirit, we pray that you would lead us into those spaces this week. Help us, good Father, not to hang our heads in shame or guilt because it's only a few minutes, but rather let us celebrate Let's celebrate those moments of beginning to put into practice this practice of Jesus. So Father, we ask for your blessing as we go, whether to worship or home. Ask that you would fill our days in Jesus' name. Amen.